recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. Today, we're joined by Shane Reardon, the executive producer of Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score in Chicago. We had a lot of fun talking about a lot of different aspects of the business, including how you divvy up a show between talking about pop culture and lifestyle stuff versus diehard sports. How do you produce a show when you're not a diehard sports fan? And how do you go about building up a great Rolodex when it comes to booking guests. So I hope you enjoy Shane Reardon of 670 The Score. And hey, he was fun. He was entertaining. He used some uh, colorful language at times. So take that into account as you listen. So let me just ask you right off the bat, what does it mean to you to produce large market radio? Well, I think there's there's a lot to it, right? Um, I grew up in the area. I grew up just 25, 30 minutes north of Chicago. The station, 670 The Score, started in 1992, two months before I was born. I grew up listening to every show. I grew up listening or going to every remote. Um, I knew the station front and back from the day I could start comprehending what sports talk radio was. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. And now I'm the station's executive producer, and we just celebrated 30 years uh, this past Wednesday. It's kind of like a... I do have to wake up every morning and pinch myself. So to be, you know, where I am at in market three, it's just, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I, I love what I do. You knew you always wanted to be at the score. Did you know you wanted to be a producer or did you want to be an on-air guy? Because so many producers fight that battle that producing is just a stepping stone to being on air. Yeah. I've never had that, that urge to be an on-air host. I don't like, this is maybe a little taboo. I don't particularly like sports that much. Like <laughs> working in sports talk radio has kind of removed your, my ability to be a fan. Like um, when I get home at night, I don't like to immediately turn on whatever game is on that night. I'm, I'm really into cooking. So I'll put on whatever game is on, but then put it on mute, turn on some music and just start making dinner. Um, and then, you know, read and catch up what I have to read and catch up with. But I, I've never had that urge. No. What's nice about our show is it's very collaborative. All four microphones are on all the time. And I have a couple of podcasts of my own to, to have that outlet if I want to be the main voice. But I've never had that urge. Um, I think with being a producer, you kind of have to ditch the ego a little bit and, and use your ability to prop up others more than yourself. I think being a producer, there's the inclination that you have to almost know more than the host does because you feel the need to sometimes fill in some gap that they may be missing. You, as not a diehard sports guy who's not watching every pitch of every game, how do you contribute to the show when maybe you don't have the knowledge institutionally that they have about the game that happened last night? Yeah, I mean, these guys are are that, that exact definition. They're diehards. They watch everything. They see everything. Um, and me and my co-producer, Chris Tannehill, who bared sports media, I feel like writes a new feature on every single week. Uh, <laughs> he's the absolute best in the business. We prop our guys up in, in, in different ways. Like our show is not hardcore hitting sports content 24-7. I think COVID really changed that. When we had that that stretch of of not having any sports to talk about, you had to show that you can just open a microphone and entertain people. Sports radio, talk radio, music radio, any type of 
of spoken media is just about entertaining someone. It's about getting someone from point A to point B. So our show is like 60% sports, 40% pop culture. We love throwing on actors with Chicago ties. We love throwing on musicians. Uh, the Bear on FX is huge right now. So we've had Jeremy Allen White on <laughs> a couple times from Shameless. We've had Maddie Matheson on from that show. We really kind of, I mean, it's it's a sports analogy, a sports metaphor, sure, but we really spray to all fields. And you talk about what the hot story is, or my big thing is, if you're passionate about something, show me that you're passionate about it and talk about it. I fucking hate hockey. Can't stand hockey. One of the hosts, Matt Spiegel, big hockey guy. Blackhawks were in the news. You know, they're basically going to break down the the organization and let Eddie Olchek basically just walk to Seattle. Um, and, and and there's another rebuild. He's just super passionate about it. I hate hockey. But if you're passionate about something, it's going to come through and listeners understand that. So to, the long way to answer your question is we all have our ways of contributing to the show. Um, and I trust those guys when it comes to having the, the most sports knowledge. I'm not going to pretend to have a bunch of sports knowledge because that just comes off as inauthentic. You mentioned COVID changing things in terms of kind of how the show was constructed from a sports to non-sports breakdown. Do you think that's the case everywhere or just for your your show? And what I mean is when I first got into the business, you know, eight years ago, I was kind of taught that, hey, the lifestyle stuff is good, but only put it at the end of a segment, right? The first eight minutes, hard hitting sports, last three, that's when we talk about our trip to the supermarket or your men's league basketball game or whatever you watched on TV yesterday. What's kind of your philosophy on when to put in the pop culture, when to put in the lifestyle stuff in a segment or in a show? You as a as a as an entertainer, as a sports talk host, as a radio host or whatever, you have a relationship with your listeners. Your listeners know you better than you know yourself. They might be listening to you longer than they listen to their wife or husband or kids talk per day. These people are absolutely committed to your life, right? So if if our listeners know that hey, um, Shane was he's, he had a he talked about having a date last week. I re, I care more about listening to how Shane's date went more than I care about what Justin Steele did for the Cubs last night. Like who gives a shit? It's all about your relationship with your listener. I'm a huge relationship guy, big time. Um, maintaining, establishing shit like that with relationships. So when it fits, it fits. Our program director, Mitch Rosen, who's also pretty heavily involved with Barrett Sports Media and Jason Barrett, his his philosophy is play the hits. We understand that. Like if the Cubs are the biggest story, the Cubs are the biggest story. If the Bulls are the biggest story, the Bulls are the biggest story. And that's likely going to lead the two, three, four, and five o'clock hours. But there's also a time for you letting your personality show and letting your listeners know that, hey, we, we are literally just like you. We have the same exact problems. We have the same exact issues. We've got the same problems with our significant others, with our friends, with our social lives, whatever. We just have a microphone to talk about it. So if your trip to the supermarket was so damn entertaining and it fits better at the top of an hour because you've got more on that and you're more passionate about that than Justin Steele's start last night, then let it lead the two o'clock hour. If you can show that you're passionate about something, the listener will will see that and, and will be just as entertained than as they would listening to you break down the Cubs game from last night. You know, you've said the word entertainer a couple of times, and that's interesting because when the, my first partner I ever had in this business is Arnie Spanier, right? And one of the the kind of godfathers of sports talk radio. And on his Twitter bio, it said, you know, entertainer. And I kind of scoffed at it. And I was like, 
man, we're, we're, we're journalists. We're journalists here. We should be doing journalism. And it took me about two years to realize, you know what? He had it right all along. It really is just about inner. There are journalists who do what we do, but you don't have to be a journalist to be good at this job. No. If somebody knows more than you about something, why pretend like you know more than they do? Get that per that's why we have guests on radio shows. That's why we have experts. We bring in experts to talk about the things that they know more than we do. It could be a collaborative conversation, but I'm not going to go into the show today and pretend like I know why the Cubs Christopher Morell struck out in the fourth inning. Like I don't I'm I've never played baseball at the professional level. Like we'll talk to somebody who can analyze Christopher Morell's performance. We are there to be the the boat or the, the the ship or whatever to deliver you the content that you want. If if my content is more cooking and entertainment related, then that's what I'm going to bring. If people don't like to listen, don't have to listen. But I think in a show like ours with four people who are speaking pretty equally, um, there's something for everybody. What's it like to have a second producer on with you you know every producer i've talked to almost has been like kind of their own solo act and they take ownership of the show in that way what's it like to have to give ground a little bit or work someone or have a little extra help i am so grateful to be in market three as opposed to somewhere else that that might not have that luxury of having two producers on a show like having chris tanhill honest to god the best sound man in radio and talk radio, sports talk radio, whatever you want to say in radio, the best sound man. I mean, we had ice cube on the other day. I think Barrett sports media wrote it up. Ice cube told Chris Tannehill that hip hop stations could learn from his show open. When you have that kind of guy with you, that's solely dedicated to pulling the most relevant audio and finding angles from maybe a press conference, like a post game presser that I didn't see. Um, something from Sunday night baseball that I didn't catch when I can concentrate solely on booking the best names possible and putting together topics and content and let him handle all of that. It's unbelievable. And, and he and I, I, I talk to him more than I talk to the hosts. We're constantly texting back and forth on the weekend or at night in the morning, bouncing ideas off of each other. So it is an unbelievable luxury to have a second person with you, but it is the most luxurious it's the most luxurious to have Chris Tannehill with me. I have said to people before that my favorite and least favorite part of this business is booking guests. When you are on a heater, there's nothing like bringing on, you know, Dick Vitale to Jay Billis to the head football coach at your local university. There's nothing quite like that. But when you're ice cold, there's no worse feeling than knowing you're going into a show almost empty handed. How do you go about building the Rolodex that you have? You can't be afraid you can't be afraid to reach out to the biggest possible names. You can't be afraid to reach out to guests you've had on before for a mutual connection. Hey, can you connect me with person X? But on top of that, it can't just be a take, 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 take thing. Like I said before, I'm huge on relationships, building them, establishing them, maintaining relationships. You have to show that you can be something for the guest and not just that the guest is doing you a favor. But also, like you have to be able to find those people who might not be like A-listers or whatever. Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody that's that's maybe breaking from the genre a little bit. Like I said, we do a lot of actors. Like actor, dude. During COVID, we did this like uh, that guy actor interview series where we just 
put on a bunch of actors that you've seen in absolutely everything, but you don't know their name. Like, hmm. oh, I've seen that guy. He was in this. He was in that. He was in that. Bill Fickner might be the most prominent that guy actor of all time. He's been in absolutely everything. The He's a big Buffalo Bills fan. The Bills were in the news for something during COVID, and I reached out to Bill Fickner. He's like, hey, I know it's probably going to sound pretty stupid, but this is Sports Talk Radio in Chicago. We'd love to have you on sometime. Uh, not a lot to talk about right now, but just come on and, and shoot the shit with us for a little while. What you'll realize is guys like that that don't work in radio and don't work in sports, they want to talk about radio and they want to talk about sports. <laughs> like Bill Fickner grew up listening to talk radio. He's a huge Bills fan. Nobody's reaching out to Bill Fickner to, to ask him about the Bills and the Bulls and the Bears and the Sox and the Cubs. They want to talk about that shit. So Bill Fickner's been on the show 15 times in the last year and a half <laughs> and just sent me four different takes on video of him congratulating the station and the show on 30 years <laughs> in, in Chicago. Like it's little shit like that, that, yeah, it's not Jay Billis or, or Dick Vitale or, or whatever, but I don't give a shit. And a lot of our listeners don't really give a shit what Jay Billis and Dick, Dick Vitale say. They want to yeah. hear from people who are going to entertain them. They can go on Twitter and see Dick Vitale on a, and I'm just using those two examples. Yeah, yeah of course. The ones you said, but um, they don't give a shit. That's kind of what I've noticed during like post this post COVID world. They just want to be entertained. So it's about the building of the relationships, um, having the resources to find cell phone numbers and not being afraid to just like pick up the phone and call Liam Hendricks during COVID and say, Hey, I, I know there's a lockout right now, but we've seen each other in a clubhouse a few times. You might recognize me, blah, blah, blah. Can you come on and give us 20 minutes today? Yeah. And then finding a way to make it up to them. Like if I've just got to bring a bottle of something by the clubhouse, you know, or a gift card to a steakhouse or something like that. It's all about maintaining relationships because those people come through for you. I'll get you out of here on this. How much do a station's play by play rights dictate how much you talk about them? Like your station is the home of the Cubs. Although I would argue right now, the white Sox are better and more interesting than the Cubs are. Do you feel more obligated to talk about the Cubs given they're on your station, or do you still just go with the more the most important story, which very well may be the crosstown rival on another radio station? We don't cater our content to the fact that we have the rights for the Cubs and the Bulls. You talk about what the story is. And the the catch-22 in this situation is the White Sox, although, like you said, the more interesting story, the better team their fan base is the fourth largest in the city. They'll never have a larger fan base than the Bears, Bulls, or Cubs. They just won't. So the problem is right now, the organization with the fourth largest fan base is the team that we have to talk about most often. So Cubs fans, it's a little bit of a tune-out. Um, they don't really care about the White Sox. They don't care about what we have to talk about the White Sox, but we have to talk about the White Sox. But we know that we're preaching that to a much smaller audience than if the Cubs were the story. When the Cubs are good, it's phenomenal for radio. When the Cubs are really, really bad, it can be phenomenal for radio, but they don't even have any storylines right now. Like yeah. The only storyline with the Cubs is, will Wilson Contreras be traded? Will Ian Happ be traded? Or will Kyle Hendricks pitch another baseball for the remainder of the 2022 season, which isn't likely. So until Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ are traded or extended, I don't have anything on my rundown about the Cubs today. I just don't. So it's tough. We don't let it dictate coverage, but sometimes you kind of have to force it a little bit because the listening audience is the largest for the Cubs. Yeah. It sucks. 
Shane, man, I appreciate the time. You were awesome. And uh, we'll do it again sometime. Thank you very much, Brady. Appreciate it. I loved everything that Shane had to say. I loved his energy. I loved his passion. I loved his enthusiasm. And I loved his honesty. He said, look, I'm not a diehard sports fan, but I still find ways to contribute to the show. And I think as people in this business, we often think we have to see everything. We have to read everything. We have to hear everything. We have to know everything. And Shane's telling you, you can be a part of a successful show without having that stuff in your back pocket, but you can bring other things to the table as well. And I also thought it was interesting, the breakdown between Cubs and White Sox and how important talking about your own play-by-play partners is. I was fascinated by all of it. So that's it for us here in episode five. We'll see you in episode six. You don't believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com. 